Welcome back to the Pucktown Podcast. Season 2 is here and excited to be back with you. Uh, I'm so glad to hear all the feedback from Season 1. I think there was a lot of people that I wanted to speak to that didn't get a chance to, so I really wanted to bring this back. I think it was a no-brainer to have this again for the 2020-21 season. And uh, I know I said, you know, during the beginning of of that offseason, I wanted to try to keep it going. I think with the uncertainty, uh, our office was was a little bit down for a little bit. Um, and, and as we started to build things back up, I think I wanted to get going. And things hit us fast. We are rapidly approaching the new 2020-21 season. It is going to start on December 11th. Luckily, the Stingrays have a home game that first day of the new season, the first day that anyone can play. Uh, we've got a home game, excited to be hosting Greenville. And so ultimately, I think despite grand aspirations of, of bringing the podcast back or keeping it going over the extended summer into the fall, uh, just had to step away for a little bit. But good news is we are back. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited uh, for a new season of Stingrays Hockey. We got Coach Blair joining us. I figured we had to start with with our new head coach, our new leader, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we, we talked a lot about Steve Bergen on this podcast last year and obviously sad to, to see him go. I think everybody, for, you know, all throughout the organization loved having Steve as our head coach. And uh, it was only one season that, that he led this group, but it was an extremely successful season. And we, we you know, we wish him the best. I've been following Sacred Heart. Uh, as they get set for for a new year, and, and we we know Coach Bergen's going to have those guys as an assistant, but you know we know that he's going to play a big role in their success as he transitions to his college coaching career. And so I wanted to have Coach Blair on to for for people to hear a little bit more about him. We had him on the podcast. You can go back and listen, uh, talk to him as an assistant coach during season one last year. And so got, you know, I think there was some interviews and people got to know him a little bit. And now there's some more interviews with the season coming up, but I felt like he was an appropriate guest guest to start things off just because, you know, you're going to be hearing from him, from him a lot. And I wanted to get a little bit more strategy, get a little bit more uh, for people to, to understand how he works a little bit before we get too far into it. Just wanted to acknowledge, you know, that this has been a long time coming for us to play. I think there's there's been a lot of work that has gone into this, but there are a, a good a group of teams right now that aren't getting ready for a new season, and I thought it was appropriate to acknowledge those teams and those staffs who are not getting ready for, for a game. They've opted out of this 2020-21 season for, you know, obviously various reasons, all of them stemming from, from the pandemic, from COVID-19. And, you know, Atlanta, Norfolk, those are teams that are in the South Division. We see them a lot. We interact with, you know, their people, their staff, their whether it's, you know, players, coaches, trainers, equipment personnel, front office staff, ticket personnel. There's so many people that make up those teams. And so those teams are in the South Division, and, and we see them a lot. And we're going to miss having Atlanta and having Norfolk in our, in our building. We're going to miss going there for this year. But also – Definitely wanted to acknowledge the North Division as well. Adirondack, Brampton, Maine, Newfoundland, Reading, and Worcester. All teams that make up a great part of our league with hardworking people, 
players, personnel, all throughout their organization, and they don't have a chance to play. And, and that's, you know, that's just tough. Uh, just knowing a lot of those people that are up there and knowing how much they love the game, how much they love the league. Um, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge them. And, and uh, you know, I hope for them that that everything, you know, it goes quickly here for them. Hope for us, we, we, we enjoy our season and, and have a good year. But I can't wait for those teams to be back with us and, and get going for 2021-22 because, you know, like I said, the ECHL is made up of, of a lot of great people and those markets are great for this league. So I, you know, I, I just hope that everybody is safe up there and that we can have those those teams back with our league next year and as soon as possible because those are great people there. For us here in South Carolina, we have a lot of changes. I, I mentioned you know, we've got a new head coach. We've got a new trainer. Um, we've got some new personnel with us. But And that's just on the ice. But for us as a front office, we've got some new people in our front office. If you're a season ticket holder, you may have spoken to some somebody new recently. We've got a great staff right now preparing. But we also have some differences for ticketing. As to be expected, again, with COVID-19, we're so grateful to be playing, but we can't just go back exactly to normal yet. We still have to go through these protocols, these guidelines. Obviously, the the one everyone you know would want to point to right away is the social distancing, which reduces our capacity. And so it's going to be different this year. There's going to be ticketing differences. Obviously, if you're a season ticket holder, there's a good chance you were moved to a different section and... Whether whether you like that or not, I'm sure nobody likes it. But we want to assure everyone that this is a temporary thing, and we want to have hockey is the is the number one thing. You know, I know there's been some people who weren't pleased about their seating location, but hey, we got hockey. That's amazing that we're going to be able to play. And look, we only have a, a maximum capacity right now of 2,700 fans. That comes with a ton of challenges for our staff just to get everyone distant, to make sure that everyone is safe when you're watching a game at the North Charleston Coliseum. So I think we're super excited to, to see some games. But yes, it will be different. We want to make sure everyone is safe. We want to have everyone in those pods with your families, with your friends that you've been you know, seeing throughout this, this quarantine period. And we want everyone to feel safe coming to games. So Ultimately, yes. Does that mean there's going to be people who are moving up a little bit in their seat, who are going to be in a different spot, who are going to experience a game differently? I'm sure there are some people, you know, I've talked to some people who are not going to be able to come to a game. And that's that's OK, too, because I've got a broadcast for you. And, you know, we're going to broadcast all the games this year. We're really excited to, to you know, bring those games to you, whether you can come or not. But for those people who are coming. One of those things that we're doing to try to keep everyone safe, minimizing hand-to-hand contact. And along with that, that means our tickets are going to be different this year. Your tickets are going to be accessible via your mobile device, your phone. Um, and, and you know whether you have an Android phone, an Apple phone, whatever you have that you carry with you, you're going to be able to bring that and have your ticket on it. You're going to be able to take your ticket if you can't make a game and text it, transfer it to someone else who can make that game, who can, who can use your seats. And so it's going to be different. Again, there's going to be some changes 
with how this system is set up, but ultimately it's for safety. It, and and also, you know, we we do want to stay stay with the trends of, you know, this is uh, this is how events are taking place right now. So we feel like, you know, being at at the cutting edge, you know, with what most teams are doing, with most events are doing right now, that's going to position us to be in a good spot. And we want you as the fan to be able to experience this game and be safe. Again, that's the most important thing. We feel like less hand-to-hand contact, handing a ticket to someone, handing it back, waiting there, you know, seeing an usher for, this is going to be a quick process. You're going to have your ticket on your phone. There's going to be no transfer of anything. And I think it's going to be great. Um, You know, I think it's also going to be, like I said, the, the ticketing transfer of being able to text a ticket to someone else. I've actually used that before myself for other events, and that's a really nice perk out of this too. Of course, we understand maybe there's going to be a a few quirks in the system. We will handle that. We are, as I mentioned, a a really good staff this year, and we are ready for for anything. So, you know, if you have an issue, just let us know. We'll make it it good. We'll make it happen. But want everyone to to enjoy the games and not worry too much about little things about where their seat's going to be, why their ticket is not a certain location, things like that. Like, let's have a great time, enjoy hockey, and enjoy this team because we have a great team that's coming back. So many returning players, so much talent. It's going to be amazing to watch these guys on the ice. All throughout the league, you know, one of the results of, of those teams opting out is that we're going to see some amazing talent in this league this year. There is so much to be proud of with the ECHL for this season with, with how good these players are that we have playing in this league. Before we get into the interview with Coach Blair for this week to, to kick off a new season of the Pucktown podcast, wanted to mention something we did a few weeks ago, the Old Fish, New Fish series. I'm sure some people saw that on social media. It's on our website. It is on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, so grateful for those guys that join me, both uh, the older generation and the newer generation. Uh, just some great stories that were told. I had a really good time with it. Wanted to make sure that everyone checked that out because, you know, that was something that was new for me. It was a little different. We did it over Zoom, obviously, and uh, it was just awesome to talk to a few guys from, from that older generation and, and have them really connect with some of the guys that are on the team now. I think it gives some of those guys that are on the team now a little bit of a better appreciation of the history of this team, about where they've been, what this team has accomplished, what this team stands for, and how many people really love this this organization and have had such an amazing impact during their, their life. This organization has made amazing impact on a lot of people's lives. So Old Fish, New Fish, check it out. Like I said, it's it's on our social media. It's on our Facebook. It is on our website as well, stingraysehockey.com, and it is on our YouTube channel in its entirety. We split it up into a couple parts because it was a little bit lengthy. I uh, wanted people to be able to enjoy it. But, yeah, if you want to watch it all the way through, it is all on YouTube in its entirety right now. Final thing before we get to Coach Blair, just want to mention I did record this a, a, a week or two ago now, so – it's a little bit dated. There are a few things that are a little bit outdated. We've made some announcements that have kind of trumped some of this, but uh, I still think it's absolutely worth listening to, and it was a great conversation with Coach Blair. And uh, here he is for, for Episode 1 of Season 2 here on the Pucktown Podcast. As we kick off Season 2 of the Pucktown Podcast, I am joined 
by the South Carolina Stingrays head coach Ryan Blair. Not his first time on the Pucktown podcast. Had him for a, a brief episode last year, but uh, he gets his own this time. Coach, uh, give us a sense of, of how you're doing right now. You're you're three weeks away from dropping the puck. Forget about training camp. You guys are going to be about three weeks from now starting the season. Uh, it's been probably an insane off season, but how are you feeling right now uh, three weeks away from, from the year starting? Yeah, feeling uh, feeling really good, and appreciate you having me on the podcast here again. And excited for the uh, the opportunity here to uh, to lead this group. But like you said, it's been a pretty wild off season. Um, obviously, with uh, Steve Bergen moving on, uh, I was fortunate to become the head coach, and uh, Bergie was unbelievable to me uh, throughout the season. Just kind of showing me the ropes of the city and the league, and and the way he uh, did things was first class. And uh, obviously, want to try and pick up where he uh where he left off so um you know took over mid-July and got got right to to work with some player signings and whatnot so it was pretty crazy for a couple months and then uh a little quiet just because the uh, off season was extended and then uh came down to Charleston uh, at the end of September and uh things kind of picked up pretty quickly with all the return to play stuff and uh yeah we're we're, we're getting close here and hopefully we can uh get going here and keep everyone safe and uh, get underway here December 11th. So I'm really excited for the opportunity. On one hand, probably nice to have a little bit of an extended off season. You got some extra time to settle in, make sure you, you, you know, your living situation is good here. Your office is the way you want it. You know, things that you might not have had a chance to really dive into. You probably have that extra time. On the other hand, your hockey coach, you probably are dying to get on the ice right now. Yeah, I'm really excited for uh, for the guys to get here and to get back on the ice with the group. That's uh, that's why I do this. I love being out there with the guys and to have a group and to be a leader is uh, is something I take a lot of pride in. So I can't wait for the guys to get here and uh, and hopefully lead this group uh, in the right direction. You mentioned the group. You, I know you guys had a meeting on Zoom. I know you've been in touch with different players. What was that like meeting virtually, uh, trying to get everybody on the same page? And, you know, some of these guys obviously don't know each other, and the first time they're meeting is, is on a Zoom, which is so much like everything these days is, is all on Zoom. What, what was that like to try to meet with everybody? Yeah, it was, it was great to get the group together and uh, put some names and faces together. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a lot of returning players, so good to see those guys on the Zoom. But, yeah, good to, good to connect. Uh, obviously a unique situation that we're in, but kind of different to meet a guy for the first time uh, over a Zoom. But just a good way to get the group together and kind of lay down some expectations and kind of give them the, uh, the ropes on what the rest of the offseason will look like leading into their uh, arrival here in Charleston. The ECHL is full of changes during a normal season with no COVID protocols or anything like that. You guys have player signings coming in and out. You guys have all kinds of changes. So do you feel like maybe at this level we're a little bit more prepared for, you know, what might happen this year with with things changing and and circumstances being different just because when you come into the rink (laughs) at the ECHL level as a player or as a coach or or even as a staff member, there are constant changes happening. You're, You're constantly adapting to new circumstances. Yeah, I think that'll that'll probably uh, provide us a little extra benefit going into something like this. But obviously, I think every day is going to be different uh, in a different way, I guess. But, um, you know, we're excited to, to hopefully get going here. And uh, I think it'll just be about taking it one day at a time and just kind of embracing the challenge. And, um, you know, like I said, taking it day by day and, and hopefully we can get going off on the right foot. What was it like building a roster? Obviously, 
you know, you guys had such such a successful team last year. So, you know, bringing back a lot of these guys probably wasn't that hard of a decision to to bring back a guy like Mark Cooper or Cole Yuli or Dan DeSalvo. I mean, those are high-end players in our league. Those are guys who have been at the American League level. So I'm sure that part wasn't necessarily tough. But what was it like for you trying to mold together a roster and, and find the pieces that fit for, for your team? Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, first time doing it. So uh, obviously, like I mentioned before, I learned a lot from Bergie just – in terms of, of what's important when, when looking at, at players. And, um, yeah, very fortunate to have so many returners this year. And, um, I, again, I think another testament to Berge did a great job building that, that team last year. So giving those guys the experience that, that they were given last year and the hard work that they put in paid, paid off, uh, immensely. And, um, I, I think everyone had a great experience that was here last year. So it, it makes it a little bit easier, um, to return for sure couple of the new guys that fans might not be as familiar with maybe give us give us a, a few highlights on you know maybe a guy like Frederick Latorno uh, Jade Miller Brett Orr some some new faces that that might be around this team Nick Saracino a guy who maybe some of our fans have seen before he's been in the league uh, some of those guys that you bring in that are new what stuck out about them yeah I think uh, we, we were fortunate to get Nick Saracino in uh in a trade that we had with Wheeling so he's a guy that's uh that's been in the league played at the American League level and uh played at Providence College, can provide some some leadership and I think can play up and down the lineup. And then uh, I think we round out the lineup with uh, with some good young rookies. Uh, Darian Craighead from Northern Michigan was uh, was a force in college, over 100 points over his four years, and a guy that uh, I think plays with a little bit of an edge and he's got a heavy shot and he can skate, so he, he should be a threat out there. And then I think we also rounded out with Jade Miller and Freddie Letourneau from, uh, from Duluth and Bowling Green, uh, respectively, and I think guys that'll that'll probably be more uh, depth guys to start, just given the circumstances. But guys that uh, are, are good people and and can really compete out on the ice. So uh, really excited about the group we have here, and uh, fortunate to be in charge of these guys. I know the most common question right now that I'm getting or that I'm hearing from different people is what's going on with the goalies, and I, this is a, something that we obviously deal with every year. You know, more often than not. Our goalies are affiliated players, uh, contracted players by either Washington or Hershey. So uh, we we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I'm sure you're working constantly with those guys. And hey, when fans look at our roster and they see that you know the, the goalie spot is is pretty bare, there's it's, it's not that we're just waiting and we don't like any goalies out there. We're, we're working with our affiliates to make sure that that they get what they need as well. Yeah, the go- the goalie situation is always uh, unique. We're really fortunate to. Uh have Hershey and Washington provide two goalies uh, every year from their system. So, um, again, uh, this, this year will be unique, and, and we've got our eyes on some ECHL targets. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how things play out here. And, uh, you know, we're always very strong in net. And, uh, again, that's a testament to the work that Washington and Hershey does to provide us with uh, with those goalies. So uh, I, I'm lucky to not have to worry too, too much about recruiting goalies because like I mentioned, Hershey and Washington do a great job providing uh, that for us. As far as your role here, uh, we see it all the time for the Stingrays is that, Hey, there have been a lot, a lot of assistant coaches here in, in South Carolina that have made that transition to being a head coach. And a lot of them have done it extremely successfully. Obviously, Steve Bergen last year had the the transition from an assistant coach to head coach. And, you know, we see it sometimes up at the highest level at the NHL level. I was just listening. Uh, you know, Rick Bonus is a good example. A guy in Dallas was an assistant coach, had to transition into being a head coach. They went on a great run all the way uh, to make an amazing run to the, to the Stanley Cup final. For 
for you, have you thought about what your approach might be in that transition or what you might have to do a little bit differently? Or is it more, is it more keeping things the same, even though you're in a different role, you still want to have that, that same consistency and personality with the guys? Yeah, I think it's for me, I think it'll be uh, keeping things the same for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm a guy that can bring some positivity and some passion to the rink. And that's uh, I don't want that to change just because I'm in a new role. So, um, you know, obviously the responsibilities are, are different being an assistant versus a head coach. But I think, uh, you know, the type of person that I am will will remain the same and I'll, I'll still be uh, hopefully a good leader for these guys. When you look at this roster and, and the schedule, um, you don't have the full schedule. So it's, it's another challenge of, you know, I know a lot of coaches try to plan out, you know, some of those segments of the schedule. You guys have one segment, it's 10 games. Uh, you'll get the rest of that coming shortly here, but what's it like to, to just prepare for a few games and not have to look at travel or any of those other circumstances for later on in the year? Yeah, I think, uh, it's, it's actually a good thing right now for me, just, um, you know, not to get overwhelmed with a full 72 game, um, schedule right off the bat I think it's good to just kind of take it day by day right now and 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 just make sure that uh that we're winning every day here um 10 games is is perfect to start and it'll it'll bring us into the middle of January but yeah just getting off and and trying to establish a culture and establish a a really really solid foundation here with uh with camp and and our first 10 games I think is is going to be critical to our long-term success you mentioned camp. That's the next thing I'm sure on your mind. There's a lot going on. It's a busy time, again, in a normal year. And then you add in uh, all the extra precautions that guys are going to have to go through before camp even starts. What What is your plan? Run, run us through you know, some of the most important things that you guys need to do during camp to make sure you're ready to, to compete on opening night on December 11th. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we'll have four days on the ice before an exhibition game against uh, Greenville, and then we'll have another full week to prepare for uh, for our first game against Greenville December 11th. But I think just establishing our culture is going to be, number one, making sure guys are doing things the right way. And then, obviously, throughout training camp, there's a lot of video just in terms of our structure and our foundation and how, how we want to play. But I think it leads back to our culture all the time. Um, our systems, our structure, our foundation, um, they're all obviously critical, but you have to have guys that are willing to do it and be accountable and buy in and all the all the culture stuff. So I, I think getting guys on the same page as quickly as possible is uh, the number one goal of, of training camp. Yeah, maybe if you could expand on, on that culture, what what are the main points that you're trying to instill? And obviously, you know, you seem like you guys did a great job having that last year, so I'm sure it's trying to bring – that same culture you had last year right back into the room again this year but what are some of those main pieces that that you try to instill as far as that culture goes I think uh first and foremost our, our compete level's got to be extremely high uh whether we're practicing or playing our compete level's got to be high we've got to make sure we're accountable to ourselves and each other so I think compete accountability uh I think those are two things that are that are really really important and then um, you know, I just in general, high standards, uh, and, and those will kind of build on throughout the year, but just having high standards for ourselves and for each other, I think are, are going to be really, really important. And I thought, uh, we had a great culture last year, a culture that was, that was fun, a culture that was inclusive. So that'll be something that, uh, that, that we're going to get going right away here. This is something maybe just kind of as an outsider looking in at, at the ECHL, you know, you, you know, your team has a certain talent level you know you know the guys that are on your roster but with less teams playing this year in the ECHL 
it seems like the competition and the talent level of, of the players that are going to be on all these 13-plus teams that are going to be playing is going to be ratcheted up another level. Uh, it seems like guys are going to be competing even harder just in general because there's less jobs to be had, whether it's at this level or at other levels. Um, maybe maybe guys won't be taking anything for granted this time around. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, that's uh, that's something that, that we would want to instill regardless is that uh, – like every day you're, you're going to have to compete and you're going to have to earn it and you're going to have to kind of win your next opportunity. So that's something that I think will be even more relevant this year, uh, just given the circumstances that we're in right now. Yeah, do you feel like there's a little uh, extra pressure, eyeballs on on the Stingrays and on this league too because, hey, we're, we're getting to start before the NHL, before the uh, AHL. So a lot of people, maybe even from Washington, you know, they're paying attention maybe to you guys a little bit more because they don't have any games going on. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we're we'll be the first one to get going here uh, prior to the American League and the NHL. So they'll they'll probably be a little bit more eyes on us, and uh, obviously we're we're getting going here early, and 13, uh, 13 teams getting going here. So I think there will be some more eyes on us, and I think uh, you know hopefully guys take advantage of that and and make the most of their opportunity. Coach, you you moved down here last year, so you got the the sense of what Charleston was all about. Um, but now, you know, again, your second year, you have a little more time to, to get going. Uh, what's it like living in the South, being part of, of hockey in the South? It's something I know you were a player in this league, so you experienced a, a little bit of that. But uh, as a coach and, and living here in Charleston, what's that been like uh, getting accustomed to, to this, this city and this culture? Yeah, I, lo- I love this city. It's uh, I quickly fell in love with it last year. My wife and I moved down here in September and uh, took a little break and went back up north for the summer but uh back here for good and uh we kind of already consider this place home for so we're really happy to be here and uh it's a great city the people are awesome uh, the fans are great and um, hopefully we can get some more fans in the building as the as the year goes on but uh we know that they support us through and through and uh yeah again it's a great city and it's a great organization to be in some of the coaches that have been here still stay in touch there's a lot of familiarity um it, you know it seems like even just last night I was talking to Rick Vive and you know he still has so many fond memories of, of you know and stays in touch with Fitzy and, and guys from that era um have you spoken to to guys who have coached here before obviously Bergie and and you know guys like that but have you kind of made any contact with with some of the previous coaches or anybody reached out to kind of uh welcome you as as you took over the the head job here yeah over the summer I've been uh fortunate to be in touch with uh kale mclean who is here uh spencer carberry who's obviously in hershey and i'll have much more of a relationship with this year uh pat weller and hershey uh, i've been in touch with this summer uh just talking more defensive stuff with him and then ryan warsofsky and uh obviously bergie i keep in touch with on a regular basis so yeah we're we're really fortunate here in south carolina to have that uh really really strong coaching tree here and something that uh hopefully I can continue to grow within and, and be supportive for, for the next guys as well. Well, Coach, I uh, appreciate you giving us a few minutes. We we cannot wait for December 11th. I think a lot of fans have been counting down the days. I'm counting down the days I want to get back on the broadcast. So uh, I think opening night's going to be pretty special here. I know it won't be like packed or anything like that. We obviously have a lower capacity, but for the for the people who have been waiting since since uh, really in February is the last time we played here in, in North Charleston. Uh, I think that's going to be a special night. So uh, we we appreciate the time and uh, we're excited to see you guys on the ice. Yeah, appreciate you having me on here and uh, really excited to get going here. Thank you very much. It is almost time for hockey here in the ECHL. 
just a few days away from the 2020-21 season, December 11th. The Stingrays kick things off against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Got some more great interviews lined up for this season of the Pucktown Podcast. Going to get to talk to some different people that we haven't chatted with. I uh, hope you'll continue to tune in and, and hope everyone is enjoying these. And I love doing them, so I'm going to try to continue to, to have them out regularly for you as we continue throughout the season. What that season looks like, well, we know the first month and you know we know what we've got coming up. First preseason game is coming up on Saturday, December 5th against Greenville on the road in Greenville. Props to everybody. I, I've been talking to a couple people who are making the trip up to Greenville. That is awesome. So excited that people are going to be there to root on root on this team to as they return to the ice for the first time. Obviously, opening night, December 11th, red out. So excited to recognize some of the people that have kept us safe throughout the last months of this pandemic uh it's going to be a really nice night i'm going to be sitting there i i can't wait to call the game but it's just going to be a good feeling to have hockey back and uh you know obviously the season getting getting cut short last year was a tough feeling for everybody and to know that we're going to have it back and have such a great group of players represent our team is is going to be great so excited about december 11th and then the schedule is not complete. It's such a weird, everything is different this year, and that includes our schedule. Obviously kind of a two-part situation here. Uh, we have 10 games on the schedule. You, you know, Coach Blair and I just talked about it, but it's it's a 10-game schedule. We don't know where we're going to be after January 9th. That last uh, weekend series against Wheeling concludes the first part of the schedule. We'll have more information soon on that. Stay with us. And, you know, for all you guys who are season ticket holders, we appreciate everybody kind of keeping their schedules open because we don't know when we're going to be playing. Uh, it'll be a wild ride. We're so excited to have you along with us. want to thank Coach Blair one more time for, for coming on, and we look forward to talking with everyone soon. More episodes of the Pucktown Podcast coming your way very shortly. Uh, we continue to wish everyone the best. Hope everyone is staying safe. We'll see you all at the rink very shortly to kick off 2020-21. Thanks so much.